0: It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for his return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. In today's update, Pastor JD will explore some theories regarding the coronavirus pandemic that can incite feelings of fear over what's to come. But he'll also remind us that there is hope this world will end maybe in the next few years or maybe in 100. But in Christ, your eternal future is secure and you can find peace in that. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor JD with today's Prophecy Update as shared on April 26th, 2020.
1: This push for some kind of a mark, a tattoo, a marker by which they can record and track who's been vaccinated and who has not been vaccinated. And not only will this technology identify who has been vaccinated, it will also be your digital ID with which you can access and purchase goods and services. Many believe that this is in fact Agenda ID 2020. What's Agenda ID 2020? It is a plan to create universal digital identities for everyone in the world, the entire population. Quoting from the official website ID2020.org, quoting, the need for good digital ID is universal. For over a billion individuals worldwide, accessing basic goods and services is difficult, if not impossible, due to a lack of recognized identification with good digital identity. Individuals could use credentials issued from a variety of different institutions in order to gain access to a variety of different goods and services." Close quote. Here's the bottom line. The technology is already in place, and all that's missing now is not letting a good global crisis go to waste in order to implement it. You'll forgive me for the bluntness with which I say this, but before you could waste a crisis, you need to first have a crisis. And it's for this reason that many are calling this a pandemic not pandemic, pandemic, which for all intents and purposes may be exactly what this is. One need look no further than centerforhealthsecurity.org to know that on October 18th, 2019, last year, weeks before the pandemic, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, along with John Hopkins University and the World Economic Forum hosted Event 201. Really, it's Event 2 Global 1, because the O is the globe, the earth, the planet. And this event was held in, of all places, New York City, October 18th of 2019. What was event 201? Oh, it was a high level pandemic exercise simulating a global pandemic, modeling what they called a fictional coronavirus. You know what I just said there? You can't find it online anymore. They took it off. I quoted it verbatim from the website two weeks ago, when I had first learned of it, and that's what they called it, a fictional coronavirus. And try as I may, yesterday I spent an inordinate amount of time trying to find where that was, couldn't find it, they took it down. It's interesting to note that two years prior to event 201, back in January of 2017, Dr. Fauci spoke at Georgetown University saying, and I quote, and again, I have the video, I downloaded it on my computer, and I verbatim typed as he spoke, pause, type, play, pause, type, play, pause, to get it exactly right. This is a verbatim quote from that video. Quoting, there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the area of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we certainly have a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. Oh, you don't say. Wow. How did they know? Well, lest one think that these experts have noble intentions of saving humanity, let me hasten to say that the opposite is true. The fact of the matter is, whether it's knowingly or unknowingly, these globalist players, are part of a satanic plan to reduce the world's population. Please stay with me and hear me out. Back in March of 2015, Bill Gates did a TED Talk on the likelihood of a global outbreak and was quoted as saying, again, quote, verbatim, I did this with the video, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Keep in mind, this is 2015, five years ago. Now, Bill Gates quoting, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%, close quote. What? L- lower what by 10 or 15%? Oh, the population fast headed towards 9 billion people? Oh, oh, uh, Mr. Gates, uh, how are you going to do that? Oh, three ways vaccines, health care, and reproductive health services. You know what reproductive health services are? Abortion. Catch my breath. Population control. It's not about life. It's not about saving life. It's about taking life. And you know, I uh, hadn't planned on going there, but maybe I need to go there. Nothing new under the sun. In Scripture, in the Old Testament, this was the sin of the Israelites. They were sacrificing their babies to the god Molech, this Molech, God, was a statue, an iron statue with its arms stretched out. Search it online. Don't take my word for it. Be a Berean. See if what I'm saying is true. They would take their unwanted babies, their unplanned pregnancy, when that baby was born, and they would take it and sacrifice it to the God Molech by placing that baby on the arms of this iron statue that had a fire inside, which is where, by the way, we get the term fire in the belly, and they would burn that baby alive. Because when you have rampant sexual sin, of course what will ensue are unwanted, unplanned pregnancies. So what are you going to do? You get rid of them. This is what Gates means by reproductive services. He's talking about Planned Parenthood. Hey, by the way, everything that I'm talking about, you can find online. Listen, if I can do it, you can do it. On May 9th of 2003, in a lengthy interview with Bill Moyers of PBS, Bill Gates revealed, perhaps better said, exposed what's really behind his inspiration for his funding of pro-abortion population control measures. Responding to a question by Moyers on how he came to fund reproductive issues, Gates answered, when I was growing up my parents were always involved in various volunteer things. My dad was head, of Planned Parenthood. Oh, okay, starting to make sense now. In my research, I happened upon a news article in the Spokesman Review, which is out of my old stopping grounds of Spokane, Washington. It was from back on April 23rd, 1998, and it reads as follows, quoting the article. Gates Foundation funds population control. A foundation started by Microsoft billionaire Bill Gates will give 1.7 million dollars to a United Nations program that promotes population control in the third world, the United Nations announced Wednesday. The money to be made available from the William H. Gates Foundation over a three-year period, will promote, listen to this, the sharing of population control technology and information among developing countries, a United Nations Population Fund statement said. Okay. I know this sounds like a textbook case of preaching the proverbial message of doom and gloom. And while I understand this, I think it's incumbent upon me to address this as lovingly and graciously as I possibly can by saying this. And please hear my heart. Those who accuse prophecy teachers of being doom and gloom Are for the most part ones who love their lives in this world. The Apostle John in his first epistle, chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, The lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. You know, I've struggled over the years being a Bible prophecy teacher. with this whole doom gloom thing. And so I decided that I'm going to embrace it. And I'll tell you how I'm going to embrace it. It's not doom and gloom. It's doom and boom. We're out of here. That's the message. That's where this is going. That's where all of this is heading. When I (laughs) read my Bible, uh, it doesn't look good it doesn't end good. Oh, and then when you get to the book of Revelation, whoo! Again, I know this is not a popular message, but like Jeremiah, and please know I'm not in any way trying to compare myself with the prophet Jeremiah, who is affectionately referred to as the weeping prophet, and this because he had to speak this unpopular message, this doom and gloom message that destruction was coming. The end was coming, and it did. You know what his message was? Talk about doom and gloom. His message was basically this. uh, This doesn't end well. You're going to be in captivity in Babylon. There is coming destruction. There is coming judgment. That was the message, the prophecy, the words that God put in Jeremiah's mouth to speak. No wonder he had such trepidation to speak it. I think if Jeremiah were alive today, he would be the poster child, the quintessential doom and gloom prophet. He had to speak it. But the problem is, when he did and he did, the people wouldn't listen. You know what they did instead? Oh, they made death threats against him. And they even imprisoned him. God delivered him as God promised he would in chapter one. I'll deliver you. I'll rescue you. Do not be afraid. You know what I find interesting? is that one of the reasons they didn't listen to Jeremiah's gloom and doom of coming destruction is because their lives were too good. Jeremiah 22 verse 21, listen, I spoke to you in your prosperity, but you said, I will not hear. This has been your manner from your youth that you did not obey my voice. Things are things are going great. Here's this this guy telling us destruction's coming. The end is coming. Jesus is coming. The rapture is coming. The collapse of the world's governments is coming. The cashless One world economy is coming. The crashing of the economies is coming. The uniting of religions is coming. Get out of here, you wacko. (laughs) The stock market is at a record high. Unemployment is at a record low. Well, that changed, didn't it? Here's another reason they wouldn't listen. This is, if you'll just kind of bear with me. This one, is um, personal for me. And I'll explain why. Another reason they wouldn't listen to Jeremiah's prophecy of coming destruction and doom and gloom is because there were all these other false prophets and false teachers that were saying, what are you talking about? It's all good, man. Hey, we're going to get through this together. Hey, we're strong. We're going to come back stronger than ever. Jeremiah 8 verse 11. They, speaking of the prophets and priests, the pastors, the teachers, the leaders, dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. No wonder. Here's Jeremiah in the midst of prosperity, good times, great stock market, low unemployment. Hey, it's coming, it's coming. And everybody's flocking to, this is why it's personal for me. The Apostle Paul said this in his letter to Timothy that this would mark the last days, that people would not put up with sound doctrine, sound teaching. Instead, what they're going to do is they're going to flock in great numbers to these pastors, these teachers, these leaders that will tell them what their ears are itching to hear. What what are their ears itching to hear? Peace, peace. Everything's okay. It's it's not that serious. Yeah, but this other guy is saying this. Ah, he's a doom and gloomer. Remember now it's doom and boom now, not doom and (laughs) gloom. You know when this thing hit, I just have to say very candidly and, and openly. That there was a a sanctified vindication of sorts in the sense that it was like the Lord saying, aren't you glad that you've been talking about this for the last 14 years? So when this hit, I mean, it was, we were ready. Steadied and ready. It didn't catch us off guard as a church, because we were prepared. We knew that something was coming, because that's what our Bibles tell us. So, several weeks ago, before this thing hit, I, and I hate it when this happens, because (laughs) I spent a lot of time, I try to be very meticulous and methodical and accurate. Of course, I want to be accurate. And I prepared this prophecy update. And then when I was finished, I just had this strong sense from the Lord that I was to scrap it. I hate when that happens because it's kind of then back to the drawing board. But I had this overwhelming sense that what God was saying was, uh, not yet. It's been said that God's delays are not God's denials. It just wasn't the right time. And so I I just, I saved the file. And this last week, the Lord said, okay, now go back. Now it's time. I want you to talk about this. It has to do... And this was, for the most part, last year, November, December, sliding into January. And, you know, we're talking about, okay, it's an, it's an election year, you know, in November. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, not, not so fast. You might remember that January started the year off <laughs> in a very interesting way. And that was even before. I mean, we had heard some rumblings about this coronavirus, but for the most part, it was business as usual. We were planning and moving and going and growing and glowing. And in fact, in my notes, I, I had this one comment, I, I write it out, and it was something to the effect of, You know, everybody's just going about their lives as if, I mean, nothing's going to happen. And that's a scary way to live your life because anything can happen.
0: The Bible, though written long ago, is inspired by our Creator. God chose to speak His truth through ordinary men, but these men had their eyes fixed on their Heavenly Father. Their words hold a great deal of meaning for us in our world today, and maybe more so in the times we're in. Much of the activity of this world is mirrored in the pages of the Bible, and is pointing to a new era that we need to be aware of. In Pastor J.D.'s weekly Mid-East Prophecy Updates, He's been searching the scriptures and the news headlines and sharing with us what he's found. You can access these updates by heading to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking on the YouTube link. Jesus will be returning to the earth soon to judge the evil that has been destroying it. And that return, friends, is drawing closer with each new day. Pastor J.D. tells us through these updates each week where we are in relation to Bible prophecy and how close our Savior's return just might be. No one knows the day or the hour this incredible event will take place, but we know from the Bible that we've been told what to expect in the moments leading up to this event. If we adopt a sense of anticipation in our daily walk with Jesus, we'll also gain with it an urgency to share the gospel message with the world around us.